You have a tremendous problem. The first thing, always, that they mentioned to me, Mr. Trump, please do something. We may not like it, but I heard parts of the Spider-Man show. And we're going to work with you people to help you solve that very big problem. Radio Show, and here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, it calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. Yes! No matter what dissenting opinion is put forth, I am who I say I am, okay? A simple but spunky radio talk show host. You know, a radio talk show host who has, you know, maybe not taken the industry by storm, but I am still on the air. I mean, no one can take that away from me. I, I realize I, you know, maybe should have been put to sleep years ago by some suit, but it hasn't happened yet. And I should, you know, maybe probably change the subject here. No need to poke the hornet's nest and remind anyone, you know, that that opinion is is still out there. So anyway, let me introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Show them your talents. Uh, But what kind of laugh do you want? Well... Uh, A simple chuckle? (laughs) Or should I just go for it with a belly laugh? (laughs) No, no, no. That's early in the show. A simple chuckle will do. Um, Save your best stuff for later. You You know, pace yourself. Well, no me- no need for me to pace myself, Spud. I have unlimited energy. I mean, how tough is it to laugh anyway? Okay, it would be a bit easier if there was actually something funny to laugh yeah, at. Yeah, okay, so. right. yeah, right. Everyone's a critic these days. Okay, mm. all right. I also uh, need to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. You know, I'm in a generous mood, so you can say a couple brief words. Y- really? Yeah, brief. Oh, okay, well... Uh- Hey, yeah, I actually have a really funny story to tell, if that's okay, Spud. Uh, n- it, no, story, no. A couple it, well, words, it happened yes, that's what at I said. my other Brief job words. at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Okay, now you're out of free plugs for the rest of the month. No more oh. mentions of that freaking carpet store. Yeah, well, and linoleum, Spud. Whatever. You know, we sell a heck of a lot of linoleum. Anyway, a customer came into the store, and he asked if he could see a sample. No, I'm not going to waste valuable airtime on your lame carpet jokes, okay? It's, so, no, so what I wanted to talk about tonight was this new phenomenon. It's called alternative facts. I love the poorly educated. You know, it's pretty cool, especially for someone you know like me who talks so much on and off the air. I'm so tired you know, of being corrected all the time when I... You know, I might have made, you know, maybe some minor, tiny, non-factual errors when I say something. 
Well, Spud, you always had a very difficult time telling the truth growing up. It just seemed well, like a constant problem for you. I, but I still loved you very much, as you were one of my favorite nephews. Uh, w- w- one? I thought I was your favorite nephew. Uh-oh. This is very disconcerting to hear. So, who'd you like better? Not Jeff or Alan. I mean, they are horrible cousins. Is it it just because they grew up and became really successful? I mean, Alan's a freaking hedge fund manager, and he is going to burn in hell. You can put that down. That's for the record. I guess I used a very poor choice of words here. I loved you all equally, okay? No, it's not okay. I deserve to be higher, you know, way higher on the nephew scale. I visited you, you know, more often than they ever did. Remember when you broke your leg? I brought you dinner once. Dinner is served. You know, maybe it was for McDonald's or I don't remember. I was fast food, I know. Uh, but Spud, still. Spud, dear, dear, I do love you more than Jeff or Alan. Okay? Yeah. yeah actually, yeah. I do feel a little bit better now, All right. So what I was saying is I've been hearing all about this new thing, alternative facts, and it sure does make things easier for me. So, so I'm grateful for that lady who was Trump's mouthpiece. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Yeah, I don't care for her at all. I mean, when you watch her on TV, it's like staring at the sun. But, you know, I do you know, have to extend my gratitude toward, towards her because it's about time people weren't so hardcore about everything having to be so accurate. <laughs> you know, Spud, I- I've got to tell you, it's good to hear you say something nice about our new president and his staff. Very refreshing. Oh, no, I still despise Trump. He's a mega narcissistic white nationalist with a urine fetish. But, you know, uh... with that being said, you know, that Conway lady, is on the money with this one. You know, even a broken clock is, you know, right twice a day. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, I've been waiting to, a couple weeks to use that one again, that old saying. You know, I think it worked pretty well. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I, I suppose so. But, but Spud, I, think it, it, I want to tell you, it's the first positive thing that you've ever mentioned about this new administration. I'm pleased you're opening up to the possibilities. No, you see, that's maybe- what that's what happens when someone says a tiny, tiny little compliment about another person who is 97% unlikable. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. You know, all you take away from what uh, I said was, is, is Kellyanne Conway is a swell person. That's, um, that's not what I said. She's not. Her smile can make a gopher dive underground immediately, you know, and die silently. But I, I, I do actually owe her on this one. I'll be honest. <laughs> hey, yeah. Spud, I believe Kellyanne Conway was misunderstood when she mentioned alternative facts. What she Listen, meant don't to be say, a buzzkill here, all right? Charlie, don't surf! I'm going to get back to discussing, you know, the cool things about our, our new, brand new uh, world here. But right now, I, I need to introduce our musical guest, who, by the way, we will, we will be talking, you know, with a little later on in the show. So, here they are. The Malady of Seven Dials.
This is a Spud Goodman Show. Hi, this is Kevin McDonald from the Kids in the Hall, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. I'm supposed to trash him, they tell me, so here I go. Spud, what kind of name is that? Uh, why don't you just call yourself Potato? I'm so sorry. I, I apologize so much. I was so cruel. Don't tell the other guys in the hall. Now, breaking news on the Spud Goodman Show. Um, you know, right now we don't actually have any breaking news. Maybe later in the program, you know, we can announce something. I'm sorry. Well, uh, Spud, I I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but your first guest, Sarah Silverman, is good to go. Uh, I know you're a big fan of hers. Yes, I am. Uh, this is a talented person, and I know I say that about most of my guests. You know, yeah. you know, you know, like host, host speak or whatever. Uh, but she is special, very original, and fearless. Well, I know she spoke at the Democratic convention. Yes, I gotta tell you, I sure hope this does not turn into a roast of our Commander in Chief, President Trump. People are just piling on him right now, and it's not fair. Fair? That dude's never played fair in his life. Well, you know. Uh, I'm going to bring that topic up with Sarah, but I have other stuff, too, I want to talk to her about. Well, that's good to hear. You know, from watching late-night television lately, it seems to me that all the jokes are aimed at President Trump. It is non-stop jabs. Yeah, most of them are, like, really funny as hell. We all know that. You can laugh at me all you want. 
Colbert for for sure's killing it every night, you know, in a, with his monologue. And I mean, it's must see TV. Well, I would disagree with you on that. It just just more liberal whining, if you ask me. But I didn't ask you, so just put Sarah through, please. Oh, here she is. Please give a hearty welcome to the highly talented Sarah Silverman. Full disclosure, I am a huge fan. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Thank you. That was so hearty. Yes, I'm kind of a hearty guy. Um, well, let me say this. You will be appearing at the Paramount Theater in Seattle on Tuesday, February 7th. Showtime is 8 p.m. and tickets are still available at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I can't wait. That's right. Before we begin, I should inform you, this will be an alternative facts interview, which should give you latitude to throw out whatever the hell, you know, tall tale you feel like. it. It's a brand new world out there, I guess, so no judgments, all right? All right. All right, okay. So, I'm going to give you, I'm going to lead you in. So let's, let's talk about our current POTUS. Uh, do, do you think Freud would have needed more than maybe three to four minutes before making a full diagnosis of what makes him such a dick? What do you think? Uh, it's fascinating and terrifying. Yep. Um, you know, what are you going to do? We have a uh, racist, misogynistic government that doesn't believe in science. How how bad could it be? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I, I can only say this from personal experience. Uh, you know, tiny appendages do cause a guy to become a bit unstable. That might be like a partial reason. But, it, you know, the, yeah. the issues seem pretty layered and deep so i don't i don't know is it just me or do i think this thing's not going to end well what do you think oh no we're all gonna die oh that's even worse than i thought <laughs> is he just looking to be the most unpopular president in history or he's just so beholden to uh, all of his friends that he's putting in power who are money addicts mark my words it's addiction they're they're they don't see anything else Come on, let's talk funny. I can't. I get so upset. Well, let's let's touch on <laughs> let's touch on you know a little bit of political comedy. Not 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 so much in terms of uh, of Mr. Trump, but no, it's okay. You talk about anything you want. Yeah, but, <laughs> I didn't know, mean to scare. <laughs> no, no, I get you. But I know it also gets rather old. You know, when our Facebook feeds are one hundred percent that stuff. But anyway, um, let's touch on political comedy in terms of uh, material. Because I mean, being honest. Could you not do like maybe three hours just on the, the you know the circus surrounding everything? I mean, it almost seems like what I'm saying here is the material almost seems to write itself. I, I've never quite seen an era like this. In a way, it's too easy, and in a way, it's just kind of too awful right now. Like I feel too close to it. I you know um, I just got back from the road. I was just on the road, and then I'm two weeks off, and then I go back out you know to see you in Seattle and right. Um, Someone after the show goes, why don't you talk about Trump more? And I was like, it, because it's not funny to me yet. <laughs> like, I just... Too it's soon? really... Um, Too soon. It's, you know, yeah, I feel like we're being rope-a-doped by so many awful things at once. So many really um, violating things to the American public all at once that you're, I feel the same way as you. Like, I just want to, like, turn the channel and watch a a law and order or a bones or something just like not deal you know but i mean i i get political and like socially political and talk about women's rights and stuff but you know i, I just want it to be funny and right now like he, that guy is such a oh i almost swore clown it's like yeah I, I, and I, I, everyone I, I, surrounding him it's just too uh 
it's he's already such a insane pair. It's the movie Idiocracy has come true. <laughs> you know, like just I don't know how that. to make jokes that aren't just redundant. Just watch that the other day again. It's uh, yeah, it's, it was very prophetic. But you know, I would, as a fan so of music and comedy, um, I mean. I mean, I'm selfishly. I mean, the future is looking very bright. Let's just put it that way. But all right. Well, let me. Let well, me. it's going to be a good time for art, I think. Although there yes. seems to be kind of like a backlash on artists in general, like that they shouldn't have a voice. You know, like it's really odd. It's very interesting. But I mean, this is a time. Like as soon as it happened, I go, "Wow, art's going to be uh, important right now." Fantasy and just wanting to, you know you know, um, escape, escapism, I guess. Right. Right? Ah, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, well, you know, I know it's trite to begin at the beginning, but I have to ask you, your first time on stage, um, you were, what, 17? How scared were you? I mean, I know you're this fearless person. Everybody thinks you're fearless, but were you totally freaked then, or were you calm as can be? Uh, I was nervous. I was excited. It was in Boston. I was at summer school. I was in high school uh, doing summer school at Boston University, mm -hmm. and uh, I did open mic at Stitches there. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure I was terrible, but I had a lot of um, friends there supporting me. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I Listen, when you grow up... Uh, the only Jew in New Hampshire that's a, and also like a, a chronic bedwetter forced to go to sleepover camp every summer. It's really not that daunting to do some stupid stand up a little, you know. Well, all right. Okay. Um, well, later. Is this the worst interview you've ever done, or are we no. doing well? No, I'm loving this. I am loving this. All right. Well,. <laughs> but so later, you were on the staff of SNL for a season. I know, I know you've heard this before. But anyway, most of your fans are aware it wasn't the best situation for you as you didn't get much of a chance, you know, there. But do you, how different do you think your career would have turned out if it would have, you know, taken off and you would have been part of the cast for years? I mean, it, it seems like it was the best thing that could have ever happened to you to push you to do other stuff. I know I'm speaking for you, but what do you think? No, it was. I mean, it was a great experience. You know, I was only there a year. I don't think it was like, they didn't get me, you know. Um, I think I was not uh, great yet. I mean, I'm not saying I'm great, but I was not like fully me. Good. I wasn't fully formed. I was, you know, I was funny. I was, but, you know, um, I was 22 and, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know that I was a good fit there. I had a really great time, um, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe everything happened the way it was supposed to, you know. That's what I'm I thinking. remain a fan. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, your career as a dramatic actress, uh, let, let's touch on that for a second, because uh, the feature film I Smile Back got rave reviews, and your role on this season's Masters of Sex was very <laughs> impressive. Seriously, that was a great Bye. show. It was a great show. The cast is totally amazing. I'm so bummed that Showtime canceled it. I know. Oh, I, I love when people watch that show. It was so good. It's an amazing um, show. The last season was so good. I know. And it's, it is like, I wish they had that one more season to finish the story. But yes, yes. that last episode of, the, of season four, not knowing that was going to be the last episode, it still really works because it's so like ominous and daunting and you realize like she called the press and it's like, you see that like their characters have turned, you know? 
Yeah, I didn't. When I watched it, I did not. You know, I didn't. wasn't aware. It wasn't picked up because I was. I was pretty excited for the for the follow up to the storyline. But yeah, I guess we'll just have to uh, deal with that anyway. All right. Well, Spud, yes. do you really think it's appropriate to discuss a, a a program about pornography on this radio show? Hey, Sarah, just a sec. Right. Pornography? What are you talking about? Well, you are discussing a show called Masters of Sex. You know, yeah. who, who would make a program about one's sexual skill level? And, and just who determines who is a master of sex anyway? That is a very intimate activity within a marriage. And judging one's abilities like a sporting event? Well, it's just not right. Uh, have you not heard of Dr. William Masters and Virginia Johnson? Um... They were highly esteemed researchers who revolutionized the study of human sexuality in the 60s. You, you know, the names sound familiar, but I've not read anything of theirs. Spud, sex is not something that should be studied like uh, algebra or animal husbandry. Um, I don't want to waste time here debating with you whether it's a good idea or not to have a basic knowledge of human sexuality. I mean, if your wife is cool with her husband having, like, remedial skills, well, that's not, her not business. Remedial. Um, now, let me get back to Sarah, who I dig very much, all right? Okay, I'm back. It's very interesting, but... Um, well, this is kind of a, uh, an interesting question, I think. If you ever left the entertainment industry just for a bit, you know, just to, like, to recharge, what would you be interested in pursuing? Running for office, maybe? What do you think? I mean, I don't want to, but, like, there's a lean-in part of me that's like, uh, maybe someday. I mean, I, I get so excited by people like Jane Fonda, who doesn't give up F and just, like... You know, she just she just cares so much, and she's such she's a real deal activist. And I don't know. I mean, however one can be most effective, I suppose. But you know, then part of me just wants to like uh, go somewhere far away and study elephants or Ooh, I like or that. monkeys or something. I like both monkeys and elephants. All right, super. I well, don't know, or be a teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen a lot of movies about that. It looks like it's fun. Probably not, except for maybe when you have to do grades and stuff. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, all right. Well, let I mean, me... I don't know. I think comedians are comedians. There isn't much else we can do. Yeah. Um, let me close with this, because I'm just guessing that you have uh, just tons of meetings to take. So let me close with this. It's my very popular, <laughs> but cliche, I'll admit, uh, question. Sarah Silverman, what has been your most memorable moment in show business to this point? Holy crap. That's right. Had to go there. Uh, well, so many, but I could tell you this isn't show business, although it was part of... The other day, uh, maybe it was a week ago, I think, I was in Vermont on tour, and I had a day in Vermont, and after, uh, you know, a whole mess of days, one show after another, different cities every time, Every hotel, a Bible in the drawer, you know, yes. all that stuff. Then I go to Vermont. The hotel, the book is like a Ben and Jerry's book, you know. It's just like the coolest place in the world. I went to Bernie and Jane Sanders' house wow. and did my laundry. And uh, Bernie wasn't there. He was in D.C. grilling that DeVros maniac. Yes. Um, yes. But I went there. I did my laundry. I laid on the living room floor. I felt like I was home. They have, you know, grown kids that are my age, and we all, they all came to the show. 
And then afterwards, we got a bunch of burgers and onion rings and wolfed them down and then went sledding in their backyard till one in the morning. And it was probably the best day I've had in many years. Man, do you know how many people would kill? I mean, they, that, nobody's ever pulled out that ex- kind of experience. That is that is so cool. I'm beyond. So of all my schmancy Hollywood meeting famous people stories, that was the most. That was the most exciting, the best day, and also I just felt like I was home. Like it felt like family, and it it felt. Uh, I haven't felt that way in a real long time. It was really nice, and I love Vermont. Wow. It's, I'm from New Hampshire, but Vermont is like the way cooler, liberal, older sister. Right, right. <laughs> of New Hampshire. Oh, geez, that was, that was a great story. All right, well, let me say again, i, I got to wrap this thing for your sake. Uh, you're going to be appearing at the Paramount Theater in Seattle on February 7th. Showtime is 8 p.m. Seriously. Are you going to come? I'm sure. What do you think? Of course I'll be there. So I want to thank you so yes. much for calling into our show, and, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And yes, I do have a heart. So that is Miss Sarah Silverman. <laughs> The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. What the? Who's there? It's Spud. Spud Goodman! Timber, and we approve this message. Now, breaking news on the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, yeah, we still don't have any breaking news yet. Uh, so false alarm, I guess. Uh, again, I'm sorry. Okay, nice. That's nothing all I can say. Nothing. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, Spud, if I could, I want to get back to what you were discussing, the aspect of alternative facts. Uh, part of it's been misconstrued, you know. Uh, what Kellyanne was saying no, I, was... No, she, I, look, th- look I, I know well, I'm a bit of a hypocrite, all right? You know, being a truth Nazi here is, yes, yeah. I have been known to stretch the truth to on occasion. Ooh, yeah. But what I'm saying, at least professionally... This brave new world is actually a big help to me, and as as far as my personal life too. You know, I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of sick of being called untruthful by the women I date. Oh yeah, it's no secret. You know, maybe I have been a little loose with some of the information on those online dating sites, but at least I don't use photos from high school in my profile like some people do. Y- you ha ha, Spud. Women do not appreciate being told tall tales. I know that from experience. After 19 years of marriage, my wife told me on our first date. I had better not ever tell a lie, not even a fib. That is messed up, yo. Now, what's a fib again? Is that like a big lie or a little lie? I mean, you got to stop using those words from like the Civil War days. I was not brought up in a little house on the prairie. Okay, well, (laughs) my point is the truth is always the best route to take. I was brought up in the... Yeah, whatever. So why in the hell did you vote for Trump? I mean, the dude lives in the fantasy world as far as the truth goes. I, I think he believes what he says, but, you know, it's all a bunch of bunk. Three to five million illegal votes cast in the election. I mean, come on. Doesn't that load a crap bug well, here? I mean, the, you the man who values honesty so much? 
Hey, yeah. Uh, listen, Spud, the thing, uh, you and the rest of the mainstream media Man, need okay, to remember. Stop, 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 stop. I am so, so tired of that weak-ass mainstream media crap. Just well, because Fox News has chosen sides and carries water for the right wing in this country doesn't mean they you know, are not part of the so-called mainstream media, too. Look, alternative facts are not facts. You know, they're owned by the biggest media mogul in the world. How non-mainstream is Rupert Murdoch, the current-day Liney Reifenstahl? I mean, give me a break. Yeah, okay, what I was trying to say before you rudely interrupted me is Mr. Trump is a visionary and communicates on visionary. multiple levels. Yeah. That was what Kellyanne Conway was trying to say. Alternative facts is a reference to the need for flexibility in getting the president's positions out to the American public. Travis spoken. Yeah, this is one of these deals in life, you know, where I know it's so wrong, but it does have a big upside for me, Spud Goodman. I, I try not to selfishly evaluate everything and how it will impact me, but I cannot lie for people everywhere who tend to stretch the truth, you know, like myself, uh, you know, a little bit. It's it's a swell gift, okay? And, and, and it's not kind of legit now after, she, you know, she's laid this out. Spud, I don't think this is something you should embrace. After all, people dislike you enough as it is. No, no, no. They don't dislike me. Oh, it's more yeah. like they aren't maybe crazy about me. The tribe spoken. You know, again, I've read some of the recent emails about you that were sent to our executive producer, and there were a lot of nasty words in those emails. Very yeah. nasty. Hey, sticks and stones will break my, you know, I don't... I, Whatever, something. But you know, who cares if you know a couple people don't dig me? You know, someone must like me, or I wouldn't have this radio show. You know, that is not an alternative fact. Okay. Well, I know there are a few people out there who do like you. More than a few. And by the way, I am comfortable saying that, and I'm not feeling I've slipped into a flat-out lie. Yeah, yeah. Th thank you. Good. It's musical guest interview time. Please say hello to the Malady of Seven Dials. So, can you give us your names, instrument of choice, and current age? Um, okay, I'm Mia Nottis. Um, I play the guitar and I do vocals, and I'm 19. I'm Darius Nottis, and I am 18, and I play the bass and guitar. I'm Damien Nottis, and I play the drums and piano. Okay, now I'm not really an investigative journalist, but I'm I'm just gonna put this out there. Are you guys like in the fa same family? Yes. All right, super. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, I, I'm I'm not gonna hit you up with a question. I'm sure you are really tired of like, you know, what's the malady of seven dials really mean? <laughs> All right, because you're a little burned out on that, correct? Come on. Yeah. Be honest. <laughs> All right. A little. Um, um, the we chose malady seven dials. Seven dials came from uh, Charles Dickens. He mentions it in Sketches by Boz. Oh, and right. he describes it in a musical sense, so that kind of stuck to us, so we decided that we wanted to use Seven Dials, and then Malady, because it means sickness, and we've kind of got, we're different with the way we think, we're different from other people, we're kind of sick in some ways, so, well. and our music's different, it's darker, so Malady. All right. That's pretty deep. All right. Well, <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to ask you, you know, like, uh, you know, what's the band's favorite, like, uh, Oreo, you know, because they just keep giving us more and more options, and they really just need to stop. It's confusing society, you know. If anybody's interested, I'm, for the record, I'm a Red Velvet guy now. I just, just moved on from the lemon-flavored ones. How about you guys? 
Any any favorite oh. Orioles? Oh. Just straight. Just straight oh, Orioles. Old school. Yeah. All right. Fine. All right. So if the band could open for anyone in the world, who would it be? Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> Shoot. Damien, I know Damien's answer. I know what that would be. What is it? Cigarettes. Oh, all right. Cigarettes. Uh, I would think The Cure would be cool to open for. The Cure? Oh, yeah. Well, let me see what I can do. All right, well, <laughs> let's, let's jump ahead 10 years. Where do you see the band, like, headlining Coachella, or what are we talking about? Let's project into the future. Okay, um, 10 years from now, I would like us to be touring all over the world. And uh, filling up stadiums. thats That would be cool. Yeah. Can Playing at Paramount. Maybe head. No, 10 years definitely headlining right. Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> can you get me like a backstage pass or something? You remember me and the yeah, little people. Don't definitely. forget me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, what's the name of the, of the next song? Yeah. Uh, this next song is called Darius and the Abyss. All right. Let's do it.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, this is Michael Bacon from the Bacon Brothers. This is Kevin Bacon. Somehow we ended up on the Spud Goodman Show. How'd that happen? uh, Spud, your last guest, Jasmine Guy, is holding for you. Boy, I am excited to have Jasmine on the show. I never missed an episode of Another World. My wife and I, we would watch it together. That's nice to hear. Yeah, but Spud, you're not going to ask any Bill Cosby questions, are you? I sure hope not. Nah, I mean, I, I know Cosby was the executive producer of yeah. that show, but she has to be like burned out you know, on, on that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, but she's been on so many different darn TV shows. I start, I looked at them all. There's tons of them over the years. So, you know, I have plenty of other stuff to ask her. Good. You know how much I hate feeling uncomfortable when you ask guests questions that, you know, make me cringe. I am pregnant. Asking a guest if they floss at night makes you cringe, man. Yeah. Just put Jasmine on. Yeah, okay, here she is. Please say hello to actress, director, singer, and dancer Jasmine Guy. Thanks for checking in with us. Oh, my pleasure. No, uh, not too shabby of a resume, Jasmine. Your body of work is, oh, man, really, really impressive. I got to say that. Oh, thank you. Yep. Kind of yep. all over the place. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me state you have a... little theater, a little TV, movie, whatever. I'm just basically a gypsy. Whatever you need me to do, I try to do it. Evidently. All right. That's how we were trained in New York. Okay. Well, let me state you have a new series out on BET titled The Quad, and it airs each Tuesday night at 10, 9 central. Give us the basics. What's it about? It's about a college campus, fictitious school called Georgia A&M, maybe reminiscent of school days or a different world, Mm -hmm. another fictitious HBCU, Mm -hmm. and and the drama that goes on on a college campus. We have a, you know, great group of students. We have the Board of Trustees. We have the drama of a new, our first female president of the institution coming in. the northern-southern conflict. Um, so it's a great hour drum, very interesting. I'm playing um, a history teacher and dean of the sociology department, so I'm actually quite intelligent in this one. All right, super. You know, one of the interesting storylines in the show uh, was the college's marching band. There are some schools down south that take that stuff like real serious, like more serious than maybe their sports teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, FAMU got in a lot of trouble for uh, hazing the drum line. So not yes. only are they, you know, the kids, you know, being hazed as they're initiated into fraternities and sororities, now they're doing an initiation process for the drum line and the band, and it got rough. Got too rough. Really? Yeah. So they were suspended for a while. So this is a very real issue. The stepper, you know, the step shows, all of the competitions that they have between the frat fraternities, sororities, and with the bands. The bands are a big deal. Yeah. In black schools. Yeah. You know, I was They're like awesome though. You got to see them. You'll ne- you'll never see like dancing and and marching like you will in in the HBCU um band. <laughs> right. You know, I was like fifth chair uh, tuba in my uh, junior high band, but I just couldn't handle that kind of pressure, and uh, I, there's no way I could have ever done it. Besides, the tuba was too heavy. Well, it's anymore. hard to do some of those moves with a tuba. That's right. That's right. Um, well, <laughs> l- let's step into the Wayback Machine for a moment. You start in a different world, of course, as everyone knows, as Whitley Gilbert for six seasons. Do you think if the show went on another four or five seasons, you would have graduated from med school? Did, did Hillman have a med school? <laughs> 
Yeah, I was wondering how, you know, it was getting to the point where we had graduated. Yeah. You know, because Kadeem's character was already like an associate professor. I don't know how much longer we could have stayed on campus, you know, viably without working there. So, you know, now I get to be a teacher. Yeah, Whitley, I don't know if Whitley would have made it through med school, though. Uh, okay, all right. She, she might have been, I don't know, some kind of like PR position, I think. Host, okay. host committee. All right. For um, VIPs. Well, as a veteran television actress, have you ever added up the total number of episodes in your career you've been on? I mean, it was 144 with just a different world. Are we talking like a thousand or so, maybe? I've never done that. I never, I've never done that. I started that to. Would be interesting with yours. I did. You know, I did a lot of guest um, guest roles, and some of them had multiple episodes, like Touched by an Angel, Melrose Place. Oh, I, I started to add up your your total. It was huge. I don't know. That's it was a good huge. Question. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a good counter. Okay. You know, people always count things and no dates. I don't ever those numbers don't come to my mind first. Okay. Visuals do. Okay. Or smells. Smells can trigger a memory, but I'm gonna do that on the airplane. Yeah, well, I'll give you a hint. See how many episodes I've been on on television. That's right. I'm going to give you a hint. It's a lot. So, all right. Um, well, in 2004, you wrote the book Evolution of a Revolutionary, a, a biography of Tupac Shakur's mother. What moved you to take on mm-hmm. the book? Well, when I wrote um, Evolution of a Revolutionary, I was working with Thaney to do a, a movie of her life um, as a panther. And those conversations, um, they expanded past, you know, her two or three years as a Black Panther, and she wanted to tell more of her life story. And um, so I started um, taping our conversations and kind of formulating um, her story. And I wrote the book as I was, as I would talk to her. I wanted people to know her. Um, as I did as her friend and so uh, it was a very beautiful and and deep journey for me I didn't want to write it I was scared to write it I was scared to have that kind of responsibility but she was very giving of her truth and um, she wanted to to tell a story to women that had suffered um, and let them know they could get to the other side she wanted to talk about her recovery from her crack cocaine addiction and and raising her two kids by herself and starting over and over again. And I think it it does have um, that sense of resilience. Um, And I I was just honored to to be that ear for her, you know, and and, uh, to translate it to the the world because it's like one of the few um, written stories of her and people that didn't really didn't know her they only have like a lot of articles from you know the New York Post and the Daily News from when she was on trial with the Panthers she was on trial for 11 months so there's a lot of written material about the trial but not so much about her um, you know before the trial and what happened after the trial and what happened to those women in the Panther Party after the demise of the party so yeah I'm, I'm very glad that we, we did do that. 
Well, the book was well received. And I got to say, Tupac is still as big as ever, just like Elvis. I mean, geez, to this day. Yeah. Right? Anyway. He told me he was going to be a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever, boy. Spud. Well, you might be surprised to know, I have actually heard a few songs of Mr. Shakur. Uh, my oldest, uh, Gerald Jr., was right. given one of his CDs. It is, I have to say, very lively music, but uh, yeah, the, the bass was a bit much. Why does that rap music have so much bass? Uh, give me a moment, Jasmine. Okay. So your kid is into Tupac, huh? Hmm. Well, maybe he will turn out to be a fairly normal human after all. Yeah, well, listen, we didn't buy him the CD. A friend gave it to him for his birthday last year. Uh. And say, what is it with these deceased musicians still selling so many records? Music lives forever, man. Yeah, okay, but then why don't the Carpenters or Helen Reddy still sell records too? How do I know? And I think Helen Reddy's still alive. Really? Uh, yeah, anyway, just let me get back to Jasmine as I have to wrap this thing up. I'm going to end this thing with my standard question. Uh, Jasmine Guy, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? Oof. Um, wow. I've been... A lot. I, I would say one of my, I'll do a life changer, was when I auditioned for Alvin Ailey when I was in Atlanta. I was in, I was 16. Okay. Um, and they had, you know, auditions, and I got my scholarship to come to New York for the summer. That was life-changing. All right. Because once I got here, I never really went back. You know, that was it. It just rolled into one thing after another, but I had to get to New York first. You know, well, I to pay my dues in New York. Yeah, well, it obviously worked out it quite well. It me. Yeah. Okay, well, tell you what, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And um, So let me, let me say again, your new show, The Quad, will air each Tuesday night at 10 p.m. 9 Central on BET. We really appreciate yeah. you calling into the show. Thank you. Ms. Jasmine Guy. Okay, Google. Okay, Google is smarter than any humans or even the guy who invented the internet, Al Gore. Yes, being too smart can sometimes make people seem like a big bore. But an app never makes you feel so inadequate that you despise yourself to your core. I prefer software over smarty pants. Much more. Asking a real person a question is often such a chore. Okay, Google is never wrong, except when I occasionally stutter. It's great to be at Trump Tower. It's great to be in a wonderful city, New York. And it's an honor to have everybody here. This is beyond anybody's expectations. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Now, breaking news on the Spud Goodman Show. Okay, are we... Somebody, just on the soundboard, just stop playing that damn stupid bumper, all right? I, I don't have any breaking news, you know? Still we don't no. do news on this show. Right. Uh, I, I guess I could pull out my phone and, you know, read my Facebook news feed, but by the time it's on Facebook, it's not breaking news, so just let me finish the freaking show. All right, just let's go. Here my, how time flies. 
Hey, I don't know, you know, how long this alternative facts thingy is gonna last. I mean, it'll probably be like Pop Rocks or like the careers of any of the winners of America's Got Talent. The shelf life is gonna be pretty damn short, so I need to take advantage of this window whether I think it's a good thing or not. I am big. We it's really need pictures. I don't got know. Small. We just need to send out a buttload of press releases right now about the show and, of, of course, me. Ha, ha. I can discuss it with our executive producer, Lori, but, you know, she's a stickler for being accurate on whatever information is disseminated about the show. I doubt that she'll give a go-ahead for well. bold-faced lies to be sent out. And, and this is something, really, should we be discussing this on the air? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not worried. I'm just not worried about our listeners. They well. get this new world where facts are old school. I'm not saying we lie big time with the press releases and say, you know, the show's about to be picked up by NPR or Sirius. You know, we just mentioned that it's a possibility. That's not a true lie. It's more like crossing your fingers first. That's so hot. I would be impressed if I heard this show was going to be picked up by NPR. And I would listen to it. I love NPR. You know, Mrs. Jarvitz, the show is not going to be picked up by NPR. Oh. You don't know that for sure. I mean, it's possible someone that works at NPR could hear this show on a radio station, you know, that carries it and maybe want to be, to be you know, to be the one that discovers us. You know, a lie is not a lie if there's even a tiny shred of truth somewhere embedded in it. I am pregnant. That would be a microscopic shred of truth. But NPR has shows that are for highly intelligent listeners. No disrespect to our audience. Look, but now I, you've just lost the few really smart people who were listening. Way to go, man. No, that's not my intention. I do apologize to anyone now listening if I offended you Look, what about, you know, putting something out on social media saying, this radio show is loved by more people than any other radio show in the U.S. or around the world, period. And it only makes common sense. Yeah, hey, yeah, but but that could easily be Googled and found to be false. Maybe, but most people don't have the time or mental focus to do that. Hmm. How about a press release about me doing something heroic, like like what Tom Cruise does? He rescues people who are who are in jeopardy. You know, it's gotten him a ton of positive press over the years and, and changed the subject. You know about you know about him wanting to fight alien lizard creatures, uh, at least in his own imagination. Here's the problem: you don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. Are you insinuating we stage an incident so that you can appear to be a hero? That, that no, is so no, wrong. No, I wouldn't suggest that live on the air. We can talk about that later. Well, anyway, let me know when the show is on NPR so I can tune in. Yes, but it may be what you call old school, to be honest and truthful, but I think Look, it's the Look, I'm best. just adapting to the times. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Years ago, it was ask, ask not what you know your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I think that's how it goes, but times are changing, man. You cannot place that on President Trump. That would be unfair. You do remember, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yeah, that one does sound familiar. I guess Obama was ahead of his time. But, you know, your president is a state-of-the-art tall tale teller. I have a winning temperament. I know how to win. I know someday soon, telling the truth will come back. I mean, that's that's a given. It's going to become, you know, back in fashion. But until then, this alternative facts deal could really help the show. And that's all I'm saying here. Yes, but <laughs> I was an Eagle Scout. And I, though I truly admire President Trump, I could never participate in this type of activity. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Suit yourself. 
I guess we won't have to put out a press release on, you know, how you're about to sign with some top Hollywood talent agent. You know, that would get you some major buzz and maybe your wife and kids would finally respect what you do here as a co-host. Yeah, well, no thank you. All righty, it's your call. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here are The Malady of Seven Dials. Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin and Trent Patello. Video director T.J. Pite. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deer, Derek Schneider, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.